discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. In an interview on BBC Radio 5, Ricky Gervais said he thinks some people get cancelled online for the wrong reasons. He said, quote, No one really cares about the argument anymore or the principle. They just care about who's saying it. End quote. He said that he feels it's easier to get cancelled on Twitter because people can just look at each other's profiles and attack someone who has the opposite quote-unquote credentials to them. Well, I would argue that it's easy to get cancelled on Twitter because Twitter is the one who's doing most of the cancelling. And as you're about to learn, it's not just on Twitter, and it's not just because of people's quote-unquote credentials. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Everybody, I got bad news. We've been cancelled. Ah, I can remember the good old days when the only thing getting cancelled were television shows. Unfortunately, in many cases, they were TV shows that I actually enjoyed, and I could not for the life of me understand why they got cancelled. I thought they were pretty good. And, of course, occasionally there are a few things out there that get cancelled before I even get a chance to actually enjoy them. Here's one such example. As announced by The Hollywood Reporter, The Twilight Zone will not return on CBS All Access when it is rebranded next month as Paramount Plus. The anthology from executive producers Jordan Peele and Simon Kinberg has been cancelled after a two-season run on the Viacom CBS-backed platform. In a statement to The Hollywood Reporter, Paramount Plus head of programming Julie McNamara said, quote, Jordan Peele, Simon Kinberg, and the entire production team truly reimagined the Twilight Zone for the modern age. They upheld the classic series legacy of socially conscious storytelling and pushed today's viewers to explore all new dimensions of thought-provoking and topical themes that we hope will resonate with audiences for years to come, end quote. HollywoodReporter.com. Well, that's a shame. And I searched far and wide across the interwebs, but I could find absolutely no official explanation as to why they necessarily canceled that series. But, of course, if you listened to the last episode of The Daily Ruckus, you would agree with me when I say that if it was because of something they had said or 
or posted on their social media, we would probably definitely hear all about that now, wouldn't we? But again, that's just an example of what it used to mean when people were talking about getting cancelled. But no, of course, this is 2021, and this is The Daily Ruckus, so we're not going to be talking about shows getting cancelled. We're going to be talking about people getting cancelled. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's one particular segment of the population that seems to get targeted the most. And at least one young conservative is speaking out about the rise of First Amendment suppression in her generation. Paige McCullough, writing for the Patriot Post, says, quote, I recently had a conversation with one of my teachers about how mass access to social media and technology allows for the corruption of truth. One of the main points this teacher made was that years ago, there were only a few resources for news. Today, thousands of news outlets can post their interpretation of the news, and instantly, hundreds of thousands of people can see it. But there are a few major, well-funded left media platforms, print media like the New York Times and the Washington Post, and cable media like CNN and MSNBC, and their perspective is propagated by thousands of news outlets downstream. Many quote-unquote fake news lies are spread through social media, where they are picked up and believed by many of my peers, and those lies shape their own beliefs. Sites like TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram are filled with information that vilifies and dehumanizes conservatives, and our ability to rebut those perspectives is increasingly restricted or banned by the big tech First Amendment suppressors. Young conservative activists, articulate protagonists like Candace Owens and the Patriot Post's Patrick Hampton, as well as other conservative influencers, have had their views suppressed and their social media accounts suspended. This also happens to those of us sharing our grassroots perspective, as happened to one of my peers. A few weeks ago, as I was scrolling through Instagram, I came across a few posts on a friend's profile that discussed the importance of free speech, as expressed by Candace Owens. Ironically, my friend was banned from using the app for 24 hours due to his posts about First Amendment freedom of speech. As young conservatives, we're both discouraged and worried about what this means for our generation. Social media plays a large part in many young people's lives. Influencing what we think and stand for, and the left knows that. With the censorship of conservative thought and the outpouring of leftist ideas, it's becoming increasingly difficult for my generation to differentiate between real and fake news and to know what to believe in." End quote. PatriotPost.us Gee whiz, it really doesn't take much these days to get yourself thrown into the infamous Facebook jail for 24 hours. I've been using Facebook since around 2013, and never once have I ever been thrown into Facebook jail. Until on February 7th, when I did something really, really stupid and completely insensitive. I shared a quote from Adolf Hitler. And let me be clear, as I'm sure most of my listening audience has already assumed, it's not because I support Adolf Hitler. Not at all. I was simply sharing a quote from history. In fact, I copied and pasted this quote from one of those websites like Goodreads or something like that. What was the quote that was so terrible that got me pretty much instantaneously banned for 24 hours and I still have to wait 30 days before I can place an ad or engage in a live stream on Facebook. Yikes. But anyways, the post said, quote, the receptivity of the masses is very limited. Their intelligence is small, but their power of forgetting is enormous. In consequence, 
consequence of these facts, all effective propaganda must be limited to a very few points and must harp on these in slogans until the last member of the public understands what you want him to understand by your slogan." End quote. Now, the only reason I shared that quote was because I am very interested in learning about propaganda, and as a marketing guy, I found it interesting him talking about slogans. Again, I wasn't condoning or celebrating Adolf Hitler, absolutely not, but at the same time, I never thought that sharing a quote from a historical figure, something that you could and probably should learn about in history classes, could actually get you in trouble on social media. Well, now I know. Lesson learned. I'm sure that that social media has nothing but people's best interests in mind when they start deleting things, including history. Of course, maybe social media isn't exactly the best place to get your history lessons from, as demonstrated in this article posted by BizPack Review. A man purporting to be a U.S. history teacher noted in a now-deleted TikTok video several of his Gen Z didn't know who Adolf Hitler was and believed that disabilities advocate Helen Keller was a Nazi. In addition, one student believed that D-Day, the June 6, 1944 Allied invasion of Europe during World War II, was a rap artist. At the start of the video, the teacher asked his middle school students if they knew of Keller, who lost her sight and hearing after suffering an illness at the age of 19 months. Quote, Helen Keller is the Nazi guy, said one. He's like a terrorist, end quote. The stunned teacher said in response, Quote, Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Are you thinking of Hitler? End quote. Another student asked, quote, who's Hitler? End quote. Obviously taken aback, the teacher attempted to explain that Hitler rose to power as a dictator in Germany as head of the Nazi party who was responsible for starting World War II in Europe and exterminating more than 6 million Jews. But before he could finish his explanation, another student interjected to say that Keller was a falsehood. The student said, quote, Helen Keller was the blind and deaf person who was fake. She didn't exist, but everyone believes she was deaf and blind, end quote. Born in 1880, Keller, a real historical figure, would become an advocate for disabled people, as well as a noted author and lecturer. She died in 1968. The teacher went on to see what students knew about Pearl Harbor, a reference to the Hawaii-based U.S. naval station attacked by Imperial Japan on December 7th. 1941. One student said they thought it was a bridge. Another thought D-Day was a rapper. Quote, are you serious? The incredulous teacher asked at one point. Social media users responded with similar shock online. According to the UK-based Daily Mail, one person wrote on Twitter, quote, so this is terrifying, end quote. Another user wrote, quote, this doesn't bode well, guys, end quote. Regarding the false belief that Keller was not real, Newsweek reported that the conspiracies spread on TikTok came primarily from a since-deleted video by at Allison Harshita, whose clip was viewed more than 600,000 times and used the hashtag Helen Keller wasn't real. The May 2020 video pushed back on Keller's many remarkable accomplishments and intoned, quote, it's time for the lies to end, end quote. Another TikTok user, at Crunk19, whose video drew 2 million views, also questioned and discounted Keller's accomplishments as well as 
against those of her initial teacher, Anne Sullivan. He said, quote, We've got to talk about this whole Helen Keller thing, because I've had enough. I've heard it my whole life. She's deaf, she's blind, she's amazing. No, guess what? She lied. She's a liar. Her and that monster, Anne Sullivan, pulled the wool over our eyes, and nobody's thought to question it, end quote. The user says his account is purely satire, but the conspiracy spread nonetheless. BizPackReview.com And hey, speaking of getting deleted off of TikTok, apparently TikTok deleted over 89 million videos in Q2 2020 for violating guidelines. As reported on Techish, TikTok has released its fourth global transparency report covering the last six months of 2020. This enhanced report provides visibility into the volume and nature of content removed from the platform for violating TikTok's community guidelines or terms of service. With a diverse global community fueled by creative expression, TikTok remains committed to maintaining an environment where everyone feels safe and welcome to create videos, find a community they can relate with and be entertained. The Transparency Report documents how TikTok responds to content violating its community guidelines, law enforcement requests for information, government requests for content removals, and copyrighted content takedown notices while promoting community well-being and maintaining the integrity of the platform. Here are a few key insights from the report. Quote, 89,132,938 videos were removed globally in the second half of 2020 for violating our community guidelines or terms of service, which is less than 1% of all videos uploaded on TikTok. 92.4% of these videos were removed before a user reported them, 83.3% were removed before they received any views, and 93.5% were removed within 24 hours of being posted. 51,505 videos were were removed for promoting COVID-19 misinformation. Of these videos, 86% were removed before they were reported to us, 87% were removed within 24 hours of being uploaded to TikTok, and 71% had zero views. 6,144,040 accounts were removed for violating our community guidelines. 9,499,881 spam accounts were removed, along with 5 2,25,800 spam videos posted by those accounts. TikTok prevented 173,246,894 accounts from being created through automated means. And 3,501,477 ads were rejected for violating advertising policies and guidelines. End quote. Techish.com. Well, maybe Twitter could take a few lessons from TikTok talk there, because apparently they're having trouble with a few things as far as their censorship is concerned. As reported by USA Today, they're banned, but not gone. Key allies of former President Donald Trump, who were expelled from Twitter after the Capitol riot, are still getting their messages heard there. Trump lawyers Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, and pardoned former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, who pushed unsubstantiated claims of election fraud before being 
suspended, remained popular on Twitter through thousands of daily mentions, according to a new report shared exclusively with USA Today. Advanced Democracy found that the three loom so large on the social media platforms that they continue to drive more QAnon and other conspiracy-laden conservatives than Twitter account holders with large followings. On average, Wood continues to be mentioned 2,397 times a day on Twitter, Powell 1,091 times, and Flynn 206 times, the research organization that studies disinformation and extremism said. This Twitter afterlife is fueled in part by the feedback loop that links mainstream social media to alternative conversation hubs with looser content moderation. Daniel Jones, president of Advanced Democracy, said supporters post Wood and Powell messages from Rumble and other platforms, allowing them to, quote, evade their bans and continue to spread dangerous lies about the election, end quote. Wood, for example, has racked up millions of views on the alternative video hosting site Rumble for videos pushing QAnon and election conspiracy theories that falsely claim that the U.S. government has been infiltrated by a ring of demonic pedophiles and that Trump will be inaugurated on March 4th, the report found. Videos posted on Facebook, such as an appearance on a QAnon talk show in which Wood claims the inauguration was taped in advance and that the military has, quote, an obligation to take control of our government because it is being seized by an illegal administration, end quote, still fetch hundreds of thousands of views. Jones said, quote, Twitter and Facebook took action long after far-right conspiracy theorists spread their lies, and to a large extent, it was too late. Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, and Michael Flynn have already established a supporter base on these platforms that continue to amplify their messaging, end quote. Twitter cracked down on accounts linked to QAnon following the mob attack on the Capitol, stoked by Trump. Overall mentions of Wood, Powell, and Flynn decreased significantly after their accounts were banned, according to the report. For example, Wood had 99,540 mentions on Twitter between December 18th and January 6th, and 81,754 mentions between January 7th and January 25th, a decline of nearly 18%. His Twitter account was suspended on January 7th. Mentions of Powell, who was banned on January 8th, slipped 43% to 33,755 between the two time periods. Flynn experienced the most dramatic fall-off, with mentions plunging 80% to 51,472 from 269,525 after his account was deleted on January 8th. Yet these figures have retained significant sway on mainstream social media, according to the Advanced Democracy Report. For example, between January 7th and January 25th, Powell was mentioned with quote-unquote stop the steal 9.5 times more often than conservative activist Charlie Kirk, 7.7 times more often than conservative commentator Dan Bongino, and 5 times more often than Donald Trump Jr. USAToday.com And if you thought that the only thing that can get you deleted off of social media is showing support for the previous president, Donald Trump, talking about QAnon conspiracy theories, spreading COVID-19 misinformation, or sharing quotes from historical figures, think again. As reported by Mint Press News, social media giant Twitter announced on Tuesday that it has deleted 373 accounts it claims were linked to Russia, Iran, and Armenia.
Armenia in a blog post entitled Disclosing Networks of State-Linked Information Operations. It claimed that it had taken the decision to remove 69 Russian accounts primarily because they were, quote, undermining faith in the NATO alliance and its stability, end quote. Twitter justified the decision by pointing to its rules regarding the prohibition of state-controlled disinformation networks, yet it failed to fully explain exactly how it knew these users were in the pay of the Kremlin, or under the control of the Grand Ayatollah Khamenei. Indeed, the supposedly, quote-unquote, independent investigation and analysis team at the Stanford Internet Observatory, to which Twitter contracted out its work, itself has troubling connections to the U.S. state. For example, its non-resident fellow, Matt Masterson, was, until recently, a senior official at the Department of Homeland Security. Indeed, the whole observatory is located within the Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies, headed by former American ambassador to Russia and noted Kremlin hawk Michael McFall. Supposed experts accuse users of being Russia-linked disinformation agents with great regularity. Ben Nemo, data journalist and former NATO press officer, falsely asserted that a noted Ukrainian concert pianist and a Welsh pensioner were Kremlin bots. Nemo was recently announced as Facebook's chief of intelligence. This is far from the first time that Twitter has taken action against those spreading information it does not like. However, its targets seem invariably to be enemies of the United States and NATO. In June, on advice from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, ASPI, Twitter banned nearly 200,000 accounts from China, Russia, and Turkey, all of which it accused of, quote, spreading geopolitical narratives favorable to the Communist Party of China, the Kremlin, or Istanbul, end quote. Yet ASPI itself is funded by both the U.S. and Australian governments, as well as a myriad of weapons contractors, all of whom have a distinct and strong interest in heightening tensions with NATO's adversaries. Four months later, Twitter took action against a number of Iranian accounts on the suggestion of the FBI. Unfortunately, the extent of the collaboration between big tech and the national security state extends beyond mere collaboration on whom to delete. In 2019, it was revealed that a senior Twitter executive was in fact a high-ranking officer in the British Army's 77th Brigade, its division devoted to psychological operations and online warfare. How he could have achieved such a high position at Twitter without the knowing cooperation of the tech giant is unclear. Even less certain is why the story was almost completely ignored in the mainstream media and how he maintains his job at Twitter to this day. In addition to the appointment of NATO man Nemo, Facebook also maintains a close relationship with the military organization. In 2018, it announced a partnership with the NATO cutout group the Atlantic Council, whereby the council would help curate the news feeds of its 2.8 billion users. Reddit also hired a former Atlantic Council deputy director of its Middle East Strategy Task Force as its director of policy, a move that linked the popular social news aggregation site to the national security state. Other big tech companies, such as Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and IBM, have signed multi-billion dollar commercial deals with the CIA, a move that brings virtually the entire industry into the orbit of the national security state. In their book, The New Digital Age, 
Google executives Eric Schmidt and Larry Cohen wrote, quote, What Lockheed Martin was to the 20th century, technology and cybersecurity companies will be to the 21st, end quote. Their book was heartily endorsed on its back cover by Atlantic Council Director Henry Kissinger. NATO was founded in the wake of the Second World War as a supposedly defensive alliance against the Soviet Union. However, with that nation's dissolution in 1991, NATO was not scrapped. In fact, it was expanded, both in member nations and its remit. NATO began to declare that its purview spread across the entire world and into cyberspace. At the organization's 70th anniversary in 2019, its former Supreme Commander, Admiral James Stavridis, declared that it would henceforth be quote-unquote far more engaged in cybersecurity and would employ a far greater quote offensive cyber capability, end quote. Twitter's latest actions suggest that his proclamations were accurate. While the Soviet government effectively controlled its entire media apparatus, its citizens were at least cognizant of that fact and distrusted it accordingly. In the West, however, the level of state penetration into both commercial and social media is rarely discussed. A propaganda system is far more effective and dangerous when those inside are unaware of it and believe themselves to be free from influence. Worse still, big social media companies like Twitter and Facebook dominate the world, not just one country, meaning their influence is global. The fact that Twitter is taking action against accounts because they undermine faith in NATO is a sure sign of the organization's growing influence in Twitter's internal affairs. Mintpressnews.com Well, at least all those folks on Twitter who had their accounts removed were provided with at least some sort of explanation as to why. Unlike poor old Hercules. No, not the real Hercules, obviously. As reported by Fox Business on February 19th, Kevin Sorbo is speaking out after the actor claimed Facebook removed his page without any explanation. According to a statement sent to Fox News on Thursday, a spokesperson for the social media site said, quote, we removed Kevin Sorbo's page for repeatedly sharing debunked claims about the coronavirus or vaccines, end quote. The openly conservative actor told Fox Business on Friday that this isn't the first time the social media platform has allegedly targeted him. Quote, you know, they've been shadow banning me for a good year now, he explained. I have over 500,000 followers and they'd only allow me to see up to 10,000 at a time when I post now for a long time. And every time they'd come back to me and say, hey, look, we got to get rid of this because we think this is fake news. I take it down, even though I could argue with that. But you know, I don't want to lose my page. But this time around, they just took me down. There was no warning or anything, end quote. Sorbo said that if Facebook had reached out to him about any questionable posts, he would have taken it down to avoid losing his page altogether. Quote, I would have been more than happy to take them down, whatever offensive posts that Facebook deemed that I should not be posting, said Sorbo. So I questioned their statements that they gave me, end quote. A Facebook spokesperson previously shared that per its policy, Sorbo's page was notified twice that it had 48 hours to remove posts that promoted alleged misinformation prior to its policy change. After the offending allegedly failed to act, the page was removed. It's unclear specifically which posts violated the site's new policy. Sorbo explained, quote, I post things that usually comes from what other doctors are saying about the virus or what other people are saying about 
about the voter fraud. And you know, you get it, that it doesn't fit their narrative. They just get rid of you. I mean, freedom of speech, obviously, as we know, has gone out the window. And it's insanity what we're going through right now. And I think it's sad. You know, I would love to have Facebook just put my page back on, give me all my followers right now, and I'll tell them to go move over to Clout Hub or Parlor or somewhere else so they can follow me, end quote. Sorbo pointed out that even though Facebook didn't agree with the posts on his page, his fans did follow him for a reason. He said, quote, The majority of them obviously liked what I was saying and liked my movies and TV shows that I keep them abreast of. There's always those people that want to, you know, they love to troll you. I always get a kick out of people that post those hate stuff back to me. I go, if you hate me, why do you follow me? It doesn't bother me in the least, end quote. Sorbo, who has been keeping busy acting over the years, admitted that it hasn't been easy being outspoken with his beliefs. Quote, being a Christian and a conservative in Hollywood, it's like being a double leper, he said. So I've got my own battles to deal with, and thank God for independent movies. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a career right now, end quote. He claimed, quote, my agent and my manager, both behind closed doors, told me, we can't do it anymore because of things that you say. I'm going, wow, isn't this the industry that screams for tolerance and freedom of speech? But apparently, those things are all a one-way street. So it's a battle I've got to be going with. And I love the industry. I don't harbor all that hate and anger that the left harbors against people that are on the right. I don't get it. It's just sad how much of a divide that's been going on in our country. Why can't we just have a debate without anger and hate and violence? You have your point of view, I have my point of view. End quote. Facebook recently updated its policies on COVID-19 misinformation in an effort to crack down on pages and people who they say post potentially misleading or fraudulent claims about the pandemic to users. The company's website reads, quote, As the situation evolves, we continue to look at content on the platform, assess speech trends, and engage with experts like the World Health Organization, government health authorities, and stakeholders from across the spectrum of people who use our service. And we will provide additional policy guidance when appropriate to keep the members of our community safe during this crisis. End quote. Foxbusiness.com. Oh, I hope y'all noticed what it said there, that last part about providing additional policy guidance when appropriate to keep the members of our community safe. That's legalese for we can change the rules whenever we feel like it. So personally, I'd say if you haven't already and you don't need it to promote your business or your content that you create, just stop using big tech social media. And if you do decide to keep using it, I'd say the safest bet is to simply repeat whatever the mainstream media tells you, like you're some dumb parrot. Ah, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Now I'm gonna get in trouble with like PETA or something for implying that parrots are stupid or something. You mark my words, if this is the last episode of the Daily Ruckus that you ever- <coughs> For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Friday, February 26, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.